Do you need help protecting your finances as you enter retirement? David Dickens of KC Financial Advisors has got you covered. Welcome to the Cover Your Assets KC podcast. Hey, welcome to another edition of Cover Your Assets KC. Walter Storholt here with David Dickens, President and Wealth Advisor at KC Financial Advisors, based in Overland Park, but serving you from anywhere on CoverYourAssetsKC.com. And I know David, although he's going to sound a little different today because of a lingering cold, is probably <laughs> bouncing off the walls with excitement over today's topic. It's it's Other than finance, this is your specialty, isn't it, David? And then we get to blend the two, so it could be pretty good. It's going to be good. If you uh, if you saw the title of today's show, it probably had something to do about golf and uh, maybe a play on words. But uh, we, we better shout for at some point during the show today, David, because it's all for your retirement. Okay, I'm we'll really try to f- keep it all in the fairway today. Oh man, we're going to really force some puns. I think to, uh, <laughs> we're going to really slice the puns on on the show today. I think. Oh man. Uh, yes, we're talking about what golf teaches us about financial planning. Now, if you're not a golfer, don't worry. You don't have to tune out of the show. We're still going to have some very, I think, uh, good entry level conversations here about the game of golf. So I don't know what's a complicated golf concept, David, that you can like something that a beginner wouldn't have any idea of what we're talking about like oh my we're gonna talk (laughs) this whole thing could get we could go down some rabbit holes today which i'm gonna try not to do so uh, one thing that this may not mean anything if you're not a golfer but i'm a nine handicap and all that means is i'm pretty good at it but i'm not nearly (laughs) as good as i think i am but handicap so, <laughs> is a perfect example. Like people, the layman's like, don't, I don't, I've I've followed golf very loosely for years, and I still don't even know if I really know what it means when someone says I'm an X Y Z handicap, right? So I would say yeah. that's where it goes from your beginner so, <laughs> basic level to some now like more golfy type terms. Yeah, the higher the handicap, the arguably the worse you are. <laughs> that's a and nice and way professionals to put it. have negative handicaps. How about that? Yeah, that's very very true. Um, so I, uh, I you it. know so this this analogy will eventually break down, and so like all good analogies, you take it far enough, and it's going to break down. And so we have some really good golfers I know that listen to the show, and so they're going to go. Well, I might have said that a little different, but just kind of go along with this. I think it's going to be, mm. I think we're going to have some fun, and I hope I can tie these together, the two different things, uh, financial planning and golf, such that, you know, the analogy will work for as long as we're on this podcast. I think it's going to be fun. We are definitely going to learn some lessons how the game of golf can help you plan for a successful retirement. So David and I coordinated and we have at least three good examples that we can walk through where these two worlds of golf and retirement intersect. And so let's hop into the first one, David, hitting a hole in one, whether you're on the putt-putt course or a par three, you know, at the masters, doesn't matter. A hole in one, always exciting. Um, I'm sure you've even seen some, maybe your, your kids and your grandkids, their excitement level over a hole-in-one at putt-putt, just as exciting as when you see, I don't know, Jordan Spieth do it at some some tournament and pumping pump the fists and getting all excited, right? It, a hole-in-one never gets old regardless of what kind of course you're playing on, even if it is a putt-putt course. Exactly. Even better if it's on the real course, but uh, putt-putt's still fun. But the funny thing is, hitting a hole-in-one usually has very little impact on your overall success. In fact, every time I go putt-putt, I probably hit a hole-in-one at some point during the course, but I hardly ever win. <laughs> I'm, I'm never the winner at the end of the day. And it's actually interesting. If you look at the biggest tournament in the world, I suppose, would be the Masters, right? The history of the Masters, there's been 24 holes in one ever made 
during the tournament. And those 24 holes in ones have been made by 24 different golfers. So lesson number one, hard to duplicate it. But lesson number two is that interestingly, a hole in one has never been made by a golfer who ended up winning that particular tournament. So that's a really interesting stat. I isn't it? Uh, you would think at least one of those would have been the eventual winner. Yeah, but no, but no, <laughs> not the case. So what's the lesson here, David? Well, uh, probably the the analogy to financial. Well, first of all, hole in ones are really hard, and they <laughs> and it's a combination of luck and skill. And as you just said, it's really unrelated to actually winning anything. So there's something we call it in golf called a double bogey. And all that means is, so if, if you get par on a par four hole, that means you took four strokes to complete the hole. A hole in one is two strokes less than par because that happens on a par three. And a double bogey is two over par. So it only takes one double bogey to offset all of the cool that happened with a hole in one. And if you play much golf, you know the double bogeys come along way more frequently yeah. than do I, holes in ones. I bet there's a lot more guys who have won the tournament, even though they've scored some double bogeys, obviously Absolutely. compared to the zero who have won hitting the hole in one. That's exactly right. So in retirement planning, I think what you're really trying to do is if you go to a cocktail party, all people want to talk about are their investment holes in ones man, I bought this and this stock at this, and now it's at that. But they never talk about their losers. They never talk about their double bogeys. First of all, it's not fun. And everybody kind of looks wants to look like a winner. So you talk about your best shots, your best holes in one on, in your investment portfolio, and you never talk about your losers. But losers happen all the time. And so with your financial planning, your retirement planning, what you really want to do is focus on making par. So on a par four golf hole, you try to get the ball in the hole in four shots. On a par five, you try to get it on in five shots. On a par three, you try to get it in in three shots. Are you trying to make a hole in one? Sure. But what you'd really like to do is finish all 18 holes and have parred every hole. So what you're trying not to do in your investment strategy, your retirement strategy, is to fall into some some holes that you can't get out of, make the big mistakes. If you can avoid the big mistakes, for some people, a big mistake would have been in 2008 and 2009, writing the market down the first 40% and then saying, oh my gosh, I need this money. And then selling because you're nervous or because you have too much risk in your portfolio based on how much you have saved for yourself and what your risk tolerance is. So it's really understanding how to avoid the big mistakes. If you're a good golfer, what you know is that you don't want to turn a bad shot into a double bogey or a triple bogey on that hole. You want to minimize your mistakes because you're always going to make mistakes in golf, in investments, in life. <laughs> but you don't want to compound a small mistake into a big error. So I think that's the analogy is it's super cool, super fun. I've had two holes in ones in my life oh, really? on the exact oh, same cool. hole 10 years apart. Wow. Were either of them a master stroke of skill? Well, I hit the ball. It is what I was aiming at. <laughs> <laughs> but on a par three, I'm always aiming at the hole. So they were cool. They were fun. My buddies were excited and I was excited. Couldn't wait, get to, wait to get home and tell my wife about it. But what you don't want to do is come home with a, with a card full of double and triple bogeys 
because then you were nowhere close to the goal you set out you set out for yourself when you teed off on the first hole so hope for holes and ones hope for birdies which is another term we haven't used yet but really avoid the bad holes and that's what you need to do in your financial planning your retirement planning as well it's incredibly true and uh, very wise i think way to approach it as well so hole in one great but that's not the goal and uh, they happen fantastic. And by just following uh, kind of the one other lesson I take from what you're describing there, David, is that, you know, by following the other proper lessons, ways of planning or ways of playing golf, you put yourself in a position to hit a hole in one eventually, right? Like you still have to have the skill. You have to have the preparation. It's not all luck. You've got to be able to get it close to the hole. There might be a little luck for it to just happen to fall the right way that particular day, but you're putting yourself in a position to get that hole in one. And that's what just the proper planning, kind of the same thing. If you're following the great tenants, you're going to be in a position where you still have that chance to have the hole in one happen every once in a while. But Exactly. So you're, you're, you're setting yourself up for a possible thriller, but you're avoiding you know, taking a five on that par three hole yeah. by hitting it in a bunker. You're still or... going to win the championship even without the hole-in-one. That's, <laughs> exactly. That's what we want. If you're relying on the hole-in-one for winning the championship, your chances of success are very, very small. So, all right, good. I like it. I did a great job merging those two worlds together. Let's go for another uh, part of this arena where we can see some overlap. Uh, you know, everybody who golfs has – probably much of clubs, right? They've got a golf bag and you've got a various amount of clubs in there. Um, I'm sure there's some sort of relation that we can, you know, unless you're playing one club, isn't that the variation of the game where everybody in the group just picks one club to try and make it through the entire course? With? Yeah, or or two or three. And two or three or something so like that. So there's a lot of fun different little side games you can play in in golf. But, yeah, that would be one of them. Yeah, but if we're sticking with just the, the, the main game of golf, everybody's got a, a bag with a bunch of different clubs inside of there. Any relationship between that and, I don't know, having different types of investments and something you can choose on there? Yeah, I think so. So for instance, a full set of clubs would be 14 different clubs. But the important thing that I've learned over the years I've been playing golf, which are many, is that you have certain clubs that are scoring clubs that are way more important than other clubs. So for instance, out of the 18 holes that you might, that you would play, you might actually hit your driver 14 times. You might actually hit some variation of a wedge, a sand wedge or a lob wedge or a, or a pitching wedge, you know, 14 to 18 or more times, you probably are going to hit your putter 30 to 36 times. So let's just say that you're a pretty good golfer. And on a, on a par 72 course, you shoot an 82. You shoot 10 over par. You're feeling pretty good about yourself. You look back over your scorecard because you kept some notes and you said, well, I hit my driver. 17 of those 82 strokes were with my driver. 44% of those were with my putter. And 22% of them were with my wedges. I only hit my five iron one time. I hit my five wood two times. Maybe you hit your eight iron six or eight times. The point is that there are certain things in your golf bag that are really important to practice with. And there are certain things in your investment portfolio or your financial planning life that are really important to concentrate on. So for instance, your driver is pretty important in golf. Your 401k, your 403b, your IRA, your core retirement savings accounts, are super important. 
So, I mean, that's what I would make analogous to your driver. Your putter is the most important club in your bag because you hit it the most times. Once you're a decent golfer, you hit your putter more times than you're going to hit any other club in your bag. Well, in retirement, that's probably your social security, your pension, if you have one, and any annuity that you might have that's going to provide you guaranteed income in, in retirement. So having knowing where your income is going to come from in retirement and feeling very confident about that is like being really good with your putter when you're playing golf. And then your wedges, you hit those a lot. And they're really important to getting close to the hole so you can have fewer putts. I think the analogy there is your bank account or your brokerage account, your, your emergency savings, the things that you can access that really don't have any penalties for early withdrawal. They don't have much risk associated with them. And they're tax efficient to get out of when you need money fast. So your, your wedges are kind of your money club. And your bank account, your brokerage account, those are your, your go-tos for your um, uh, financial planning and your retirement planning. So really, if you have a, a super good understanding of those three clubs, you're going to be a better player. If you have a super good handle on your retirement income, your tax-deferred retirement accounts, and your taxable accounts then the other things will pretty much fall into place. What are those other things? Well, you know, if you've done really well for yourself, maybe you own some farmland. Most people don't own farmland and most people never hit their five iron. But, you know, the better you are, you need a little bit more versatility. So maybe you own some farmland. Maybe you own a small business. Maybe you got later in life and decided, I don't really want to retire. I'm going to buy a couple franchises of some sort. So those are more like your five iron or your five wood. Things that you don't have to be great at. Maybe you have them in your in your portfolio, in your golf bag, and maybe you don't. Uh, but they're not the things you're going to all the time. I'd even throw one of my favorite type. <laughs> I know you, Walter, would say this is my favorite investment of all time. Dun, but I'm dun, putting it uh-huh, exactly. <laughs> so the Roth IRA, or even your your health savings account, your HSA tax-free, money goes in, you get a, well, the HSA, you get a deduction for it, the Roth, you don't. But then you pull money out and it's tax-free. And that's a super important tool to have in your financial golf bag. Yeah, let's go. R-O-T-H. Roth, Roth, Roth. It's been that a while since sounded, we pulled that out. <laughs> Needed to slide that almost sounded more like the NASCAR analogy than the golf <laughs> it did, analogy. It did, yeah. We need to create a golf version now. But as important as that as the Roth is, and I'm convinced it's super important. If you don't have a Roth, but you have a good handle on your on your bank and brokerage accounts, your social security, your pension, and your annuities, and your 401k or your IRA, those are the things that are must-haves. And a Roth is a super good nice to have. And the better you are at the game of financial planning and investment planning, the bigger your Roth or your HSA is going to be. But if you concentrate on the fundamentals in golf, you're going to lower your score. If you concentrate on the fundamentals, those things I just mentioned, in your financial planning and retirement planning, you're going to have a more solid, less stressful retirement. 
I love it. I never really thought of golf in that way. So I feel like I've definitely learned something on the golf side today, David. I'm I'm always learning something (laughs) on the financial side, but never really thought about like how many times I don't do a ton of golfing. Um, but I, I never really thought about, Oh, I really only use this club this much per round. So why am I stressing over it if it's one of my weaker clubs or when I'm, or whenever I go to the driving range or do some practicing, it's like, oh, I really should probably practice putting a lot more than I do instead of just slogging through with your iron so much because you're going to putt a lot. So kind of interesting to, to view it through that lens. Uh, so I appreciate that. It gives me a new perspective on golf, and the financial comparison made total sense. So I like that. Uh, one other thing that the pro golfers definitely get to benefit from, us folks that are just terrible at golf aren't benefiting from this very much, uh, but they have caddies, you know? And so you go around with this person who's talking to you about how to do what you're doing, giving you suggestions, maybe maybe a counterpoint. Like, oh, are you sure you want to use the six iron here? You don't want to use the seven iron or something like that. They help point out hazards. They may, I don't know what, what's legal and what's not legal, David, in the pros, but uh, I, I would imagine caddies have stats on how long things are, uh, the holes, you know, what the wind direction might be. Can give all sorts of different perspective to help that professional golfer squeeze the most out of their game. I could probably guess what the relationship here is to the financial world, but I'll, I'll let you do the honors there. Yeah, so I think you're right. I, have you ever heard of a um, show on Netflix called Full Swing? I saw the promos for it. I haven't I haven't seen it yet, but I, there was a lot of hype about it recently. Yeah, so I watched it, you know, tip to tail, and it was really, really good. But a couple of different instances in there, you get a really good insight into the player-caddy relationship. So you're you're exactly right. The caddy knows, well, the, the golfer knows exactly how far they hit each club, but so does the caddy. And most times these caddies, they are near professional golf quality golfers as well. They just weren't quite good enough to get on tour, but they're really good golfers. So they give the pro, they're a great person to bounce ideas off of, and they keep the pro focused and they eliminate negative thoughts that this pro might otherwise have. The caddy would never say, okay, hit this, uh, I think the seven iron is the right club and make sure you don't hit it in the water. <laughs> they would never say that or else they wouldn't be a professional caddy. That, okay. That's good to know. That would be, that'd be my first move would be like, all right. Um, yeah, that's a good club choice. Now just make yeah. sure you don't hit it in the water. That'd be <laughs> Or there's a big bunker on the left, so whatever you do, don't go left. Don't focus on the bunker. Keep that out of your mind. Okay, so yes. So what they do is they 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 help the professional. They help, in, a, in my case, I help the person with the money, my client. I help them understand the, the risks of doing this or that or the other. I help them understand, you know, your stock investments aren't going to do 12% a year forever, like Dave Ramsey tells you they're going to do. So don't expect that. Don't build that into your plan. Don't keep a bunch of money in a money market account, except now, that was last year's advice. Now, money market funds are yielding three and a half or 4%. They become an asset class. And so sometimes some coaching from someone who really understands the game, in this case, the game of financial planning and retirement planning, can be super helpful. And honestly, most of my clients, they were really smart at what they did at their work, but they weren't Unlike the golf professional, they aren't a professional at the at the game of financial planning and retirement planning. And that's where a person like me comes in. Um, and, and that's not right for everybody. But you never see a professional golfer 
carrying his own bag or her bag, and you never see them without a, a caddy. And so for some reason, they benefit from having someone come along the side of them who is super knowledgeable and understands them. And so one of the most important jobs I have is understanding who each client is and what their risk tolerances are and what they're trying to get their money to do for them. And then make sure we create and then roll out a plan that's specific to what they're trying to accomplish. And then one other thing on this, if you play enough golf, you're going to have somebody do this to you, some friend of yours do this to you, or even worse, you're going to do it to them, but you're going to offer up a tip. And it's my, one of my biggest pet peeves in golf is why would you take tips from someone who is worse than you? Hmm. <laughs> but it never fails to to happen and it never fails to amuse me yeah. <laughs> that somebody worse than the person who is struggling a little bit offers a tip to them. Yeah. Don't take tips from your buddies on the golf course or in your financial world. It's almost always a really bad idea. I'm going to start doing that at the end of all of our shows, David, before we depart. I'm going to say, hey, by the way, I got a golf tip for you. Next time you're out there, try this. Just to test you to see if you ever come back and say, hey, I tried your tip, and it was terrible. Walter, I'd say it's unlikely that I <laughs> You're well-disciplined. You are not following any tips I give you. Oh, that's great. So that's, that's kind of how those are three ways that I think you know yeah. kind of relate golf to financial planning. Whether you're a good golfer or a, or a novice, Hopefully some of those things made sense and uh, resonated with you as you're, as you're taking care of your financial life. And hopefully you can avoid lots of double bogeys and triple bogeys. I love it. Important to listen to the right folks, but also to know when not to listen, right? That, that's just as much of a skill as when to take advice as when not to take it. Just as choosing the right club or the right investment in your portfolio. It's, uh, you got to choose the right one for the right situation. You can see the parallels starting to multiply here as we talk further about this. But good place to end it for today's program, I would say. Hope you learned a little bit about golf, perhaps, but more importantly, about financial and retirement planning as well. If this leaves you with any additional questions or you want to talk to David a little bit more one-on-one -on -one about something else going on in your financial plan or as you prepare for retirement, always welcome to reach out and talk to David. You can reach him via phone at 913-317-1414. Again, 913-317-1414. And online at CoverYourAssetsKC.com. CoverYourAssetsKC.com. And we'll link to that contact info in the show notes today. So definitely go and check it out. Uh, David, really appreciate it. Glad we could hit your expertise in two different areas today. And uh, we'll have another good topic on deck next week. Yeah, we'll abandon the golf course for next week. I'm working on a, um, I'm working on an idea. I've had a, a number of meetings over the last three months with clients and prospects, and it's just a good reminder that when you're not in this world full time, you can get kind of mixed up on on a lot of the basics. And so we're gonna kind of go back to some of the basics next week. Hopefully, interesting for even our really good do-it-yourselfers. But I think it'll be a good podcast, so we'll see what that brings. Hey, there's even some golf crossover there, right? Even though you're a really good golfer, I bet sometimes when you go out to the driving range or you're maybe having a rougher day on the course, you got to say, all right, back to basics. Let me, <laughs> let me practice the fundamentals. 
never gets old to get back to exactly. basics. So, perfect. So we'll keep that rolling next week. Uh, we'll talk about some retirement savings basics and more. We'll see you next time on Cover Your Assets, KC. Investment advisory services offered through ChangePath LLC, a registered investment advisor. ChangePath LLC and KC Financial Advisors are separate companies.